Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. Thanks for finding us again, and we appreciate all the support. It is kind of a little bit of a lull in the sports calendar. We got not a whole lot going on this week in the world of sports. We had the NBA All-Star Game last weekend, had the Olympics wrap-up, um, uh, NFL obviously is 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 quiet here for a couple more weeks until the combine and such, and free agency starts in early March, and then obviously you have March Madness, which will be cranking up in about three weeks, and you still have you know the the end of the last couple of weeks of the regular season of the college basketball season plus tournament week coming up. So we are about two and a half weeks away from Selection Sunday, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. So. The anticipation is rising for, I know, Selection Sunday for me is a, uh, I won't say a holiday, but it's a must-see television, must be in front of a television when the brackets come out at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, CBS. Uh, It's always a great hour, hour and a half uh, for me to see what the brackets come out, who's playing who, where they're playing, all that good stuff, so... Uh, I am, my juices are getting a little more amped up as we get closer to Selection Sunday. Got a good guest for you. We're going to talk to T.J. Reeves, sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He also hosts a couple of college basketball podcasts and uh, uh, video shows online. Uh, you know, T.J.'s been on, on with us numerous times over the, the last few years. Does a great job. We're going to talk uh, with T.J. about the Olympics. We're going to talk about college hoops. We're going to talk about the... Uh, some NFL stuff as well, and Jawan Howard. So before we get to TJ, I want to just give you my thoughts on a couple of topics over the last uh, few days or so. Two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, the NBA All-Star Game, kind of the All-Star Weekend. Sounds like this weekend the dunk contest was a complete disaster, uh, very poorly done. You got uh, LeBron James talking potentially about playing with his son again. Uh, in his last year playing in the NBA, his son, Bronny. A couple things I'd say to LeBron. One, why are you going to put your undue pressure on your son? Your son is a junior in high school. He is not, from all indications, he is not a top five, top, you know, top three, top five prospect at this point. Good player, it sounds like, but maybe not an elite player like maybe you were back in your day. Why would you put the pressure on your son to with the expectation that he's going to go play in the NBA either out of high school, straight out of high school, if the rules get changed, or or go to college for one year and then go to the NBA. Allow your son to make the choice of what he wants to do. Your son might be a kind of kid who wants to play in college for a couple of years. He may not be good enough to play in the NBA. You know, we all think this kid, just because he's LeBron James' son, he's going to be good enough. The kid might not be good enough to play in the NBA. Let the kid 
make his own choice. Don't put the pressure on him that he's going to have to come out of college after his freshman year um, to go to the NBA because dad wants to play with him. If he ends up doing that and he's good enough to do that, great. But if he's not doing that and the kid wants to go play college basketball for two or three years, he should have that opportunity to do that too. I just don't like that LeBron James is putting that undue pressure. And he's also putting pressure on all these teams around the league to frivolously draft his son who might not be worthy of a draft pick to pick his son to try to get LeBron James on their team for one year. I don't like that one bit. Don't publicly say that stuff. But again, LeBron James has not always been the best guy to when it comes to public comments on those kind of things. So shame on you, LeBron, for putting that undue pressure on your son who may not be, one, a college or NBA-level prospect, and two, the guy might like might, might want to go to college. The, might, the guy might like the, the college life for a couple of years, might like, might like playing in college for a couple of years. So don't put that pressure on your son that you just did. I just think it's a bad look in all the way around. You want to fix the all you want to fix the dunk contest all you, all the fans of the NBA out there? I got a real easy answer for you. LeBron James, John ja Morant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all the bigger stars. You guys go be in the dunk contest one time. You want to get some fanfare, you want to get some attention to the dunk contest? Get those guys in the dunk contest. Don't say I got to have a certain amount of money to do it. Don't say this, don't say that. Back in the day, Jordan, Dominique, Dr. J, Larry Nance, all the big timers, the high flyers in the league were in the dunk contest. And it was a joy to do it for them. That Okay? LeBron James, you've never been in the dunk contest. Get in the dunk contest. John Morant, Giannis, let's get the big stars involved in the dunk contest. You'll have massive ratings. Okay? It shouldn't be about a payday for you. You can sacrifice a couple hours of one night. You were going to be at the dunk contest anyway watching. You're, they're asking you to make three or four dunks. Nobody's asking you to make ten different dunks. Get in the dunk contest with other superstars, and that will amp up the juice of the dunk contest. But the dunk contest with, with OB Toppin and guys that are missing dunks left and right, nobody wants to see that. It was a joke over the weekend. That's how you fix the, fix the dunk contest. You get your big stars involved in the dunk contest. Russell Westbrook, those kind of guys. Let's get the stars in the dunk contest. That's how you amp the dunk contest back up. Last thing I'll talk about is the Major League lockout. There's lots of talk. They're, they're finally talking. They better have a deal done by the end of this week because if not, they're not starting the regular season on time. I don't care what anybody says. They're not starting the regular season on time. They're, they're still uh, has tons and tons of guys have to be signed. They're going to have to give pitchers time to get their arms ready, all that kind of stuff. So Major League Baseball, you guys figure out a way to stay out of the public sentiment. When all things are going well for MLB, you find a way to screw it up. And you're going to screw it up even more if you don't start this baseball season on time. So quit the, quit the BS. Come to an arrangement. Come to an agreement. Get the freaking season started on time and get to spring training. You're hurting a lot of people in the states of Florida and Arizona who, who rely on these this income from spring training games, from tourism, and all that stuff because you guys are not freaking in spring training fighting over some garbage that could be easily negotiated to where both sides win. A negotiation is about both sides feeling like they're getting something out of the deal. Not every penny they can get out of the deal, but something out of the deal. 
Okay, I know there's topics about pay and benefits and all that kind of stuff. I get it, and those are important things, but come to an agreement and compromise and get it done in the next, by the end of this week, by March 1. Because if you don't, you're just going to turn off another set of fans who are, who are begging for baseball to be back in the spotlight again, but we're going to turn it off again because of all this labor strife. And I know the baseball union is the strongest union in professional sports. Great. Compromise and come to an agreement and make the deal happen. And if you're Rob Manford, if you're representing the owners, make the deal happen. Make the deal happen. All right. TJ Reeves coming up here in just a minute. Quick little pop culture thing. People that have Amazon, a cool series that I watched. It's a 10-part series about the building of Playboy magazine and Hugh Hefner. Forget about your thoughts about, you know, what you think of Hugh Hefner in, in Playboy magazine. It was a very good documentary on just how that, that magazine was built and all the thought processes that went into building Playboy magazine. It was a pretty interesting uh, documentary, I thought, about uh, business, the building of a business, especially a business that was as successful as Playboy magazine was and Hugh Hefner was. So that was a cool uh, documentary that I did see on Amazon Prime here just in the last couple of weeks. So, and hopefully this Russia-Ukraine thing, uh, President Biden, lay the hammer down on Putin, please. You can't allow this guy to run wild across the uh, across the globe, causing all this uh, fluctuation in the economy and such, globally, inflation, gas prices and all that. So please, Mr. President, bring the hammer down on Mr. Putin. You got it? All right, we'll be right back with TJ Reeves in just a minute. Hang in there. We'll see you soon. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. We'll be right back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. March Madness is just around the corner. We are just a mere couple of weeks away from Selection Sunday. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may not know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using my special bonus code POWERS22. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. 
BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a ton of reasons. We have the NBA All-Star Game just passing, Major League Baseball coming up. You can bet on virtually anything you want from NBA games, NHL games, player props, team totals, horse racing, golf, player matchups, round matchups, and so much more. They also have an online casino as well that has hundreds of games and race and race book opportunities for you to bet all around the country. They have every type you can imagine, and the Sharp Bet US mobile platform is easy and with full betting options. Follow my my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS.com. You bet, you win, and most importantly, folks, you get paid. And remember the special promo code just for you, Powers22, you'll receive 125% of a sign-on bonus. BetUS, where the games begin. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Glad you found us again. Remember, you can find us on all the platforms, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Remember to tell your friends and colleagues we are ready to ramp up into March Madness right around the corner. We're going to have tons of programming. We're going to do some cross-promotional stuff. And the the king of cross-promotion is joining us once again, Mr. T.J. Reeves, bucket (laughs) sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He does the college basketball coast to coast podcast. He hosts a daily YouTube show, Bet USA College Basketball uh, YouTube show, where they talk about gambling on that night's games and such coming up. So, welcome back, Mr. Reeves. Uh, it is always good to be with you. Thank you for the red carpet invite. And uh, again, I often say this I have more angles than a geometry book, and you and I know what that means because I'm married to an educator. Your sister's an educator. Lots of angles this time of year. I cannot wait for March. I know you're going to ask me too. The SEC basketball tournament is coming to our area. I know a lot of people hear this podcast in the Tampa Bay area. Some hear it elsewhere. But the March Madness is coming to Tampa Bay with the SEC basketball tournament with the likes of Kentucky and Auburn and Arkansas and Tennessee and the Florida Gators coming here. And then the NCAA tournament back in full force at all the different sites after a tournament last year around Indianapolis. We cannot wait. We cannot talk enough college basketball. I'm anxious about that. I have a feeling you're going to ask me a little bit about Buccaneers and free agency. Promise me that we can talk a little miracle on ice team USA hockey before we're done. I got, I got a buffet and I got to pick out on the buffet on powers on sports. (laughs) All right, real quick. Have you, uh, have you finished your PK, your PK diet? You and Aaron uh, Rodgers, I, PK. Look, I can I confess a little a little too much information. I had a colonoscopy last fall, and I can identify with like the forty eight hour cleanse. Yes. But whatever that was from Aaron Rodgers about the full cleanse and all of the stuff. <laughs> I've I've heard a couple of different people put it out there. It's not mine. It's not original. We now know for certain after the information he's put out there, he is no longer full of crap in the short term. because he cleaned it all out now he may figuratively be full of crap with all the other stuff but literally man all the cleansing of aaron Rodgers, and then that social media post and um the only the only thing that i can say because uh for all of us that are that are guys that are getting older you need to be checked every which way including the colonoscopy you uh you talk about cleaning out the plumbing good lord i can identify i can to answer your question i can definitely identify yes (laughs) All right, let's get to the Olympics. The Olympics just wrapped up last week, Beijing. Not a lot of fanfare globally with all the, t- with the time difference, especially here in the United States. 
I don't know what your involvement was watching the Olympics, you and the twins and the, and the family, you know, obviously the big story, I'm going to ask you just a quick story about the, all the hype around Michaela Schifrin didn't, didn't right. perform very well. DNF in three out of the five events, which was more disappointing than not winning a medals with the, that she didn't finish and didn't even, and hell most of the races, she was out of the race within 10 seconds. Yeah, it was incredible. Crazy. I mean, she's clearly the number one skier, U.S. skier, probably all time for in, in all the medal hopes this year. Just your thoughts on Michaela Schifrin and that that disappointment. So we did watch it some in my house. Mrs. Reeves big on this. Uh, I was kind of so-so. The twins were watching a little bit the the, uh, the half pipe snowboarding, watching snow, uh, um, uh, watching um, Sean White, right. watching uh, Chloe Kim win the gold medals. They were into right. that. We were into the figure skating a little bit and all that controversy. We could spend an hour on that. What a debacle with the Russians. But you mentioned Schifrin. It's just the latest thing where, uh, unfortunately, uh, poignantly and awfully, she had the death of her father that she's dealing with. And you you don't know. It obviously re- weighed on her some. You don't know how much that affected her, et cetera. Uh, but this is a very decorated skier that didn't win anything. It happens. It's happened famously to others that didn't win. Um, so yeah, I, we saw some of it. I get the feeling you'll love this line. My line is it's like those old Marines ads on TV, the few, the proud and in print, we were the few, the proud that were watching because they lost 40% of their audience just from the last winter Olympics in South Korea that were also time displaced where it was nighttime when it was morning here, morning, morning, there is nighttime here. Um, so they, they are suffering. They're suffering for a lot of reasons, and it doesn't, it, it, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to get much better on the Olympics. Used to be a big deal to sit around and watch TV, but now there's so many choices and so many different things that are out there online and on TV. It's not, it's not going to be the same. Anymore. I'll give her credit. She stood up to the mic every time after the yes. post-race. She said, you know what, I, I blew it. Give her full credit because so many other guys would either, or women would, never, would, would either talk would give a cliche answer, would give a BS answer. She stood to the mic and she she answered she answered and, the and questions. Bravo to you for saying that as well, because there are so many that wouldn't do it. And, and if you saw the interview with the snowboard racer, and I don't have his name from Michigan, but he ended up winning a team medal after his individual race ended. And the, I, I mean, the outpouring of this was my big moment. I'm 40 years old and he slipped and lost and didn't win a medal in the individual thing. We... We expect so much of these people, and then we want to stick a microphone, you know, have the media coverage right there in their crushing moment. I mean, Michaela Schifrin sat there for like five minutes after she had the DNF in the one race where she missed the gate, got off the track. And then we want to stick a microphone in their face and immediately have them be raw and authentic. And and it's just um, it's tough. But, yes, I agree with you. Bravo to her, because so many times they want to duck out and don't answer the bad questions, only celebrate the good and the glory. And there was plenty of that. I mean, NBC kept showing, you know, these interviews with the athletes that had won, they're crying, they're happy, they're thrilled, they're talking to their family. And then we forget for some of them, it's crushing that you've lost, you've worked for the last two or three years in anonymity, get to the biggest stage and don't win. So when they do answer questions about their heartbreak and their loss, I'm with you on that. All right. 42 years ago, (laughs) you had, you, are you, are you saying I'm old? You're you're a little bit older than me. You're not much older than me, but you right. got me by a couple of years. Yep. 
Let's tell me your story about USA versus the USSR, 1980, Al Michaels on the call. Give me your story. Again, we don't have an hour here to go over this. Can I just tell you as we begin, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up before we ever talk about this again. I've talked about it a couple times this week, and I'm happy to do it on the Powers on Sports podcast. So Tuesday, 2-22-22, on a Tuesday, was the 42nd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. You're a little younger, as you mentioned, so you don't really remember as much as a 10-year-old TJ remembers. I'm now giving you my age. I was 10 years old, 1980, late class of New York. Six going on seven. So you're in the first or second grade. You didn't care as much. Fourth grade, TJ cared more. So here's the deal. You, You all probably know something about the fact that the game was not live. It was on tape delay. So that night was a Friday night, Jason Powers. I remember it like it was last night. We're living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to Chattanooga Choo Choo. My father is in the ministry. He's an associate pastor in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we had already pre-planned to go to an Atlanta Hawks basketball game about 90 minutes south of Chattanooga, right across the Georgia border into Atlanta, into the capital of Georgia, and go to the old downtown Omni in Atlanta. I'm speaking your language now. Am I not the old downtown Omni? So this obviously predates Trey Young and the current Atlanta Hawks. It predates the Dominique Wilkins Atlanta Hawks. This is the Tree Rollins, Dan Roundfield, John Drew Atlanta Hawks. And I'm going so way back, I realize most of the audience now doesn't know who these people are without looking them up. Brown is the coach. Yes. So here's the the Atlanta Hawks of the 1979-1980 season, which, by the way, Jason Powers, is the first rookie season of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in that NBA season. The opponent that night is the Phoenix Suns. I remember this again, like it was last night. Paul Westfall is on that team. Walter Davis, the Greyhound. Again, we're not speaking the language of the current NBA fan that identifies the Suns as Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. Not even in our era where we identify the Suns as Charles Barkley, Thunder Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson, early 90s, push the Bulls into the NBA Finals. This is the 1979-80 Phoenix Suns. Paul Westfall, Walter Davis, those guys on the Phoenix Suns. Was that Cotton right. Fitzsimmons as the coach? May have been. I think it was. may have been John McLeod, Cotton Fitzsimmons, okay. but good memory. All right, so the Suns are in town. They're playing the Hawks. I'm there with my father. There's a couple of other dads and sons that are there. So the hockey game is on tape. We did know this. Again, folks, you just cannot fathom. No internet, no cell phones, no way to find out about the game that's not being live televised as it's happening, except on the radio, basically, and the radio telling you, or the wire service telling you if you worked in a newsroom, worked in a newspaper, worked in a television newsroom. So the game is not being shown live to be shown tape delay a couple of hours later at 7 Eastern time, USA, and the amateur players against the Russians. And you can't emphasize enough. I remember this so vividly. They were given no chance to win this game because the Russians had clobbered them in a pre-Olympic tournament game at Madison Square Garden and scored like nine goals on them. There was no expectation, Jason, that they would be able to win this game. So it was almost kind of like an afterthought. All right, we're in the Omni in Atlanta. The game gets underway. And in the first quarter of the game, it's now probably 7-15, 7-30, which means it's the third period of the hockey game. The PA that announcer started at like five, five, five o'clock. Correct. Correct. So the Eastern PA time. announcer comes on in the first period, first quarter of the four quarter basketball game and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update from Lake Placid, New York, that the United States and the Soviet Union are tied three to three. 
everybody, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Well, it's going, okay. The game goes on, the basketball game, the Hawks, Tree Rollins, Paul Westfall goes on. And about five minutes later, the PA announcer again in a timeout or a stoppage of play says, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update from the United States Olympic hockey game. The United States leads the Soviet Union with four minutes to go, four to three. Applause, ah, applause goes up in the arena. Jason, as I remember, there's probably about seven or 8,000 people at the game. The Omni is not full. It's probably about half full on a Friday night, 1980. So uh, about five minutes later of actual time, there's a stoppage in play. There's a dead ball. The ball's out of bounds. There's a foul, something. The PA announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update again <laughs> from Lake Placid, New York. The United States has defeated the Soviet Union four to three in the men's hockey semifinal game. When he says that, the hair on the back of my neck standing up, brother. When he says that, the whole arena stands to its feet and begins to applaud a standing ovation around the arena with a USA, USA chant. The players on the court, I vividly remember Dan Roundfield, Tree Rollins, Paul Westfall. These guys are clapping. The referees are clapping. Everybody on the benches is up, standing up, clapping. It seemed like to a little kid that went on for 10 minutes. It probably went on for about 30 to 60 seconds of a standing ovation 1,500 miles or more away to the south of Lake Placid, New York, in the Omni in Atlanta. I, I, again, as I, as I uh, led into, I remember it like it was last night. Incredible to be part of that and remember that distantly. And again, we couldn't see it. We're we're in Atlanta. We're driving back after the game. I never saw the game live as they reran it on tape delay on ABC that night. Right. And of course the word had gotten out like, like, Hey, they've won the game, get to a TV and watch Al Michaels and Ken Dryden calling it on ABC tape delay. By the time you got to the TV at eight 30, nine o'clock, you could see the third period. You could see the finish. And 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 Al Michaels who we didn't know was Al Michaels at the time. He was just a guy. He had been doing uh, some Major League Baseball play-by-play on the radio. He had been doing some college football on ABC, had done some freelance stuff, and they put him on hockey, and he had never done a hockey game until those Olympics. He learned on the fly how to call hockey and international hockey, and what an incredible night and what an incredible moment to call that game. So you can go back and relive on the Internet, on YouTube, all of that. But that is where I was that night. And I take that with me 42 years later. I will probably take that with me forever. So I just, I kick it back to Mr. Powers on sports. Did I deliver on the story? Great story. I do on the story. The the vivid memories of the players clapping as well. That's that's the cool part. I mean, that really is the cool part. Unbelievable that I'm talking about the game stopped. They're clapping. The referees are clapping. It, it, It was crazy in that arena with the USA, USA chant. And, um, and, here, and here's the other thing to remember. That wasn't the gold medal game. They had to then beat correct. Finland in the final. They were losing two to one going to the third period versus That's Finland. Correct. And then you have the famous Herb Brooks speech to the players in the, in the dressing room between the second and third period saying, if you don't win this game, you'll go to your effing graves. And they go out and win the game in the third uh-huh. period to win the gold medal. That wasn't the gold medal game. That's right. Uh, and it's a, one of the great misconceptions about that upset of all time is if they don't win the Sunday gold medal matchup with Finland, that's a footnote that they beat the Russians in the semifinal, but then didn't win the gold medal and took a silver or something right. like that. Um, 
just stories that we remember, that's brother. Great. And uh, I just thought I would share that with you since it's anniversary week. That's I'm just great. I'm I'm looking out for the Powers on Sports podcast that's because you love the Uncle TJ stories. So there's do. an Uncle TJ. We story. do. We do. All right, let's get before uh, I want to, uh, before I get to the NFL. I want to get your thoughts, Jawan Howard situation Sunday in uh, in in Madison versus Wisconsin. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. Uh, Jawan Howard gets into a little discussion, into a heated, animated discussion with the Wisconsin coach Greg Gard. They yep. they 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 have to be separated. Then all of a sudden, Jawan Howard slaps, punch, slaps, whatever you want to call it. One of the assistant coaches at Wisconsin. Jawan Howard is suspended for vague five games. Five games, which I mean, we'll talk about what I your thoughts, but he get you know the uh, there was a brawl. Some Michigan players get suspended. He for- ignited a full out swinging punching brawl between yes. his guys and the Wisconsin guys. No question. And again, he's putting on a full court press with 20, 30 seconds left in the game. Wisconsin calls the timeout to advance the ball to mid court to avoid a ten second violation. We can talk about the coaching. I'm not worried about the coaching strategy. That your thoughts on Jawan Howard? What do you think it was a fair punishment? Not fair. Yes. What do you think? I think it's right in line. I thought it would be like three games or the rest of the regular season, five games for him. You can't do that. And he's a repeat offender. He had done this in the Big Ten tournament last year. Yep. Not a punch, but yelling and screaming at the at the Maryland coach Mark Turgeon, who's another uh, knucklehead hothead. But you can't do that. If you're the if you're the head coach, you've got to be the leader. You've got to be composed. Um, and I, I can't emphasize enough. I have watched this throughout my career working USF, University of South Florida and Tampa Bulls basketball for yeah. 10 years, doing it nationally on Fox Sports Radio, on uh, Sirius XM, on TuneIn, broadcasting live games nationally, tournament yeah. games. Uh, losses can be crushing. It's, but the thing is, sportsmanship should still be part of this yes. and be better. Be better on this. Again, Howard is 1,000% to blame here. He's yes. the one full court pressing, as you mentioned, at the end of the game, which is idiocy. I, I call it sore loser idiocy. That's the term I'm using. I'm repeating it on the Powers on Sports podcast. Yes. If you're going to be a sore loser I agree. this stuff, and, and then you're going to throw the first punch, I mean, people people were saying earlier in the week, well, you know, uh, Greg Gard is, is really to blame for calling the timeout. No, he's not. He's reacting to a guy full court pressing his walk-ons behind by 15 points right. with 15 seconds left. Right. That was his reaction, which he's entitled to do. Call timeout, right. calm it down. And Gard, by the way, I am 1,000% convinced of this, was trying to explain that to Jawan Howard. Yes. Hey, I took the timeout because you were still pressing. Right. Even more damning for Jawan Howard as I go off. You can tell I'm passionate about this. Even more damning is he sat in the news conference after the game and was point blank asked, why were you putting on the full court press? And he lied. We were not pressing them. You are lying. You were absolutely pressing right. them. And that's what right. set up the whole igniting of that situation. So I would think at this point with the athletic director, Ward Manuel at, at Michigan, the Big Ten Conference with Kevin Warren, they have made it clear, not just publicly, but privately. You can't ever do anything like this again. You're going to be fired for cause. You're a repeat offender already. You're supposed to be in a leadership role. Whatever anger management issues you have, you need to address it because you can't be behaving like this wearing Michigan colors and representing the Big Ten in a Big Ten basketball game. So there are my thoughts. Uh, I don't believe Greg Gard deserved a, a suspension. And I don't either. No. Now, players that are throwing punches, there's specific rules about that. One of their players, one of the Wisconsin players got a game, and I think two or maybe three yeah. 
Michigan yep. players got games. Yep. And now Michigan's got to play the next five games here. And a lot of them are at home and two or three of them are big ones. They get Ohio yep. state in a rematch yep. later in the year. They get Iowa in a rematch at Illinois, home. Illinois, They're trying to get back to the NCAA tournament bubble and relevance here without Jawan Howard. What a mess, what a mess that it takes away. But let me, let me just give you something real quick. And then I know you want to move on. Uh, because we could talk about this subject again for another. I want to give you my couple thoughts. I got a couple thoughts. Please, please on this. But there were several crazy ending games. Villanova, UConn on a Tuesday night. Crazy end to Boise State and San Diego State with foul calls and controversy. And I know a lot of these coaches now realize we're under the microscope. We got to be on our best behavior. But everybody behaved. Everybody shook hands. Heartbreaking loss. Bad call, maybe. Good sportsmanship can rule the day. I'm done. I'm off the soapbox. You go for it. If you're an adult college basketball coach that has been doing this a long time, if you can't have the 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 whatever, you don't. Nobody says you have to sit there and talk to the other coach, shake the guy's hand, and keep walking. You don't have to be happy with them. You can be as mad as you want with them. You can try to run the score up the next time you play them. That's right. Two things. Two things on Jawan Howard. One. If Jawan Howard was so offended by Greg Gard, why didn't he slap Greg Gard? He slaps a meaningless. Uh, a third assistant on the bench. He didn't push Greg Gard. He didn't try to swing on Greg Gard. If you're so uh, offended by Greg Gard touching you, which is what he said, right. oh, he violated my space and I was fearing for my safety, which is a bunch of bull. Why didn't you swing at Greg Gard, number one? Number two, I don't like that he only gets five games. He should not be coaching the rest of this season. He mm. should not be afforded the opportunity if Michigan were to win a couple more games to co- coach in the Big Ten tournament, and more importantly, the NCAA tournament. I think it's a bad look for the for them. Suspend them for the rest of the year, however many games that is. That's my – I, I in, in fairness, because he's though, a second offender. Because he's that, a repeat offender. offender. In fairness, if they fall apart here over these five games, they, yep. he may only coach one game in the Big Ten tournament, and that's it. They, but, I mean, they may not even be an NIT team. But, but right now you're uh, saying on the premise of he should not coach the rest of the year. I agree. Cause, cause right now I just, you know, you, you look at different guys, Joe Lenardi has him as one of the last four teams in the tournament. So if they were to go three and two, the rest of the way right. and win one game in the big 10, they're probably going to get in. So, you know, I don't think he should have the ability and the honor to coach him in the, in the NCAA tournament. If they make it, that's what all. about the argument that five games is roughly one sixth of the regular season. And it is a stiff punishment. It's more than he's lucky he didn't lose his job. Well, right. As a repeat offender. And I don't believe it rose. I don't believe it rose to being fired. That's my opinion. You seem to you seem to think that maybe it did, but clearly now things are in motion. You can't ever do anything like this again. And Jawan Howard may decide I don't want to be a college coach because in the NBA you can get away with some other things with paid professionals but as a as a leader of college it's if, a great debate topic it's a great yeah, debate topic if, if if Jawan Howard wasn't a Michigan guy I don't think he's the coach if he was an outsider not I think he's part fired. of the fab five of the Michigan family I think he's fired personally yeah well I mean again it's been a hot button topic all week and I'm not so sure they don't swoon here maybe they yeah. respond to Phil Martelli they who's might, a former yes. 500 win coach Good at St. Joe's as He's the assistant. Maybe they respond to him. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Brian Flores gets a job in the NFL. I think it's good, <laughs> great. But Pittsburgh Steelers, again, the, the Rooney rule kind of came out of Pittsburgh. You know, Flores is suing the NFL. Your guy you know well, Mike Tomlin, right. hires him to be the assistant head coach, linebackers coach. Your quick thought on that. 
So we go from one hot button controversial topic right into another one. Uh, again, we don't have an hour to sit here. Obviously, right. the NFL's hiring practices with minorities is disgraceful. That's the word that I will use. You look at the NBA, which is equal to the NFL in the terms of, of the number of black athletes that play the sport, yet it is laughable how few NFL blackhead coaches there have been and are versus the NBA has 10 at any given time. And right. coaches get a second and the third opportunity at another NBA stop that they don't get in the NFL. Right. The NFL has got to be better. Uh, Brian Flores is trying to shed light on that. I, I think there are holes in some of the arguments that he's right. making about how, how he supposedly has a smoking gun with Bill Belichick's text message. Well, when you go back and review stuff, they had uh, on the timeline and the dates, they had already talked with Brian Flores, but they had not talked yet with Brian Dable because the Buffalo Bills had been in the playoffs and formally met with him. Right. So those are important things in the facts on being passed over there. Again, we won't get into all of the back and forth. Clearly, he's got a point on the issue. And the right. class action part of this with others joining in is maybe going to make the NFL wake up. And the larger point is they've got to have better hiring practices and they've got to have more black general managers and more high-level black executives that are willing to give the black assistant coach, the black coordinator, the same chance. I mean, when you're looking at Dayball with the Giants and help me with the other names of the Mike McDaniel, the, the receivers coach yes. who took Flores' job in, in Miami, there's a couple of other ones off the top of my head, Kevin O'Connell that got yes, the Minnesota. Vikings job off the Rams. I know they yep. just won the Super Bowl. Uh, All of those guys are Everflus, Chicago, Everflus, uh, who was the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Oh, All right, that's yeah. four names. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Denver, the, the son of Paul Hackett in Denver, is a is a coordinator. Yeah. All five of those names have never been a head coach before. They're right. being given their first opportunity. Five of them in this hiring cycle. Right. And yet not one black assistant coach got the first time chance to be the head coach, whether it's Byron Leftwich here in Tampa Bay, whether it's Eric Bieniemy uh, with the Chiefs. Raheem Morris is trying to get another job interview and right. doesn't get a chance. Flores Jim Caldwell is get... trying to get an interview, doesn't get another chance. Brian Flores. Flores is a proven head coach in Miami, doesn't get another chance. Right. It looks horrible for the NFL. So it is a bad look. They've got no to, they've got to do something. That lawsuit is controversial. Um, and let's hope, let's hope the hiring practices improve because it's maybe going to take something like this for the NFL to understand. You cannot let teams continue to do, I mean, the New York giants deserve to be called out. The New York giants have been in existence for 92 seasons. They've never had a full-time blackhead coach three times. Now in a row, the New York giants have hired an unproven white coordinator, bang, bang, bang. Instead of, instead of giving a black head coach, previous head coach, or a black assistant or quarter. I mean, that's inexcusable. And maybe the NFL, again, this is just world according to TJ, needs to look at stronger penalties like losing a first-round draft pick. Right. Like for every year that you make a coaching hire and it's not a minority after you have such an awful um, record on minority coaches, maybe you start taking away draft picks. They're adding draft picks to teams that do the hiring. Right. So maybe you come back in and take draft. I don't know what the answer is, but it's got to be something. And it's got to be more black general managers and more black higher level executives that do the hiring, because then you'll see what you have in the NBA where there are far more team presidents, GMs that do the hiring that are black and are hiring black coaches. And get and as we transition to the Buccaneers, give the Buccaneers full credit. They've been very progressive in this, in this area over the years, as far as, Raheem Morris, Lovey Smith, of them. 
Yep, they've given Tony lots Dungy. of you know Bruce Arians has been very proactive in giving yes. female females opportunities on the coaching staff, coordinator opportunities to to Leftwich yes. and Todd Bowles and others. So give the Buccaneers credit; they get killed on a lot of things. But give them credit in this. And front. bravo to the Glazer family, Malcolm Glazer originally, the sons and, yep. and sister Darcy, because yep. they've hired three full-time blackhead coaches while the New York Giants have hired none. Right. While the Dallas Cowboys have hired none. Right. While the Green Bay Packers have never hired a full-time blackhead coach. Right. So the Glazers have had three of them in the last 25 years and two of them in the last 10 years or so. Yep. A much better record, I agree. Yep. All right, let's get to the Buccaneers and a couple free agent things. Critical next two weeks probably on the calendar for the Buccaneers and most teams. The NFL season starts, a new league year starts, I think, March 15th. The franchise tag is due on the 8th of March as far as you got to declare if you're uh, franchising anybody. What what is your sense of what are the thoughts going through the Buccaneer front office as far as do we try to go for a big fish, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson potentially? Do you lay low? Maybe Tom Brady changes his mind in a month. Who knows? What are your thoughts of what what the Buccaneers are thinking? I I believe priority one is Chris Godwin. I, I do. He's never going to hit the free agent market. He's going to end up getting the franchise tag here over the course of the next uh, 10 days or so if they can't come to a long-term deal. And again, we're not going to go into for another 20 minutes, all the nuances of the salary cap, but the simplest explanation is if you are getting a long-term deal, you're getting a massive signing bonus check right now, huge check right now. So that's in Chris Godwin's favor to do a long-term deal with the bucks on that, but they're going to protect him first and foremost, and even if they have to franchise tag him again, this is world according to TJ. I'm not getting this from the Buccaneer building. And remember, and what do you do remember, with Ryan Jensen at center? Yeah. Would he be a franchise tag candidate? Carlton Davis. I don't know on that name, the defensive back Carlton Davis. What do you think? Is he a franchise? Is he a legit franchise tag candidate? Is he that big of a lockdown cover corner that you can't find somebody else and you would want to give him 15 million a year or whatever the average is for the highest end? For a the season, only, the only thing I think? would say is that that was the weakness of the team. It seemed like on defense was the back end. So, do you let your your best guy, who you think's your best corner, on the back end of a weakness go? That would be the one debate I would have. Chris Godwin is injured, ACL recovery. I know he. I think you could sign Chris Godwin to a, a long term, longer term deal. Maybe get a little hometown discount because he's injured a little bit and maybe franchise Carlton Davis. I don't think Jensen's a candidate to be franchised. I think he'll either well, resign and a or big be question on this point, and we've debated it, uh, and it's been kicked around in our market. It's been kicked around nationally. Uh, if Tom Brady is here, a lot of these guys would take less money to come back. Right. And so Tom Brady now has announced he's retired. We believe that's going to be followed through on, and he's not going to play anymore, and he's not playing here. Yeah. So how many of these guys want the big bucks if they're not playing with Tom Brady? Whether you're right. talking about Jensen, whether you're talking about Carlton Davis, whether you're talking about Leonard Fournette, yep. Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue, all the list of all the names. I don't you can't keep all of these guys no. at this point. No. So you got to prioritize. I believe Godwin is priority one. You make a good point that Davis may be priority two, Jensen priority three. I want Leonard Fournette back too at whatever you can get him re-signed for. And again, the Buccaneers can re-sign their own free agents before that March 15th date that you're talking about or whatever the actual free agency yeah. beginning. They can start doing those right now right. if they're able to swing it and make moves. So let's see what Jason Light, Mike Greenberg on that salary cap, John Spitek, all those guys in conjunction with Bruce Arians and the coaching staff, what they prioritize. Godwin's going to get paid a ton of money. Yep. And I have no problem giving him 
30, 40, 50 million guaranteed. He deserves it yep. because he's going to play all things being equal. He's going to play five, seven more years at the highest level. Give him a ton of money right now on Chris Godwin. Love that guy. We go to the combine where a lot of the these deals get done behind the scenes, agents and all that stuff. We'll wrap you up here. Um, you think the Bucks are big quarterback hunting at the combine? How do we know? But I mean, they pulled Tom Brady out of the hat two years ago around combat uh, about combine uh, combine time. If I can get that out, I don't know. And I I'm not buying into this trade for Russell Wilson thing. I just don't think the Seahawks are going to ultimately get rid of him and give him up. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo in the conversation because San Francisco is looking to deal deal him. I see you shaking your head. No, please. I, I don't know. I don't know what that move is, but I, in Jason light, Bruce Arians and company, I trust including if they say to us, Kyle Trask is worth the shot here. We're giving him the shot. I trust that as well. They would know better than the rest of us. And I don't think that's the worst idea in the world for on, on field attempt at, at being good, if not really good. And it's a cheaper opportunity to do this. Jason powers. He doesn't cost as much as a second round pick. So you can resign some of the other pieces around. If you're not paying 20, 25, 30 million for the quarterback. Last question. You're done. If, they do go to the Kyle Trask route. Do you think Bruce Arians retires? I don't. I think. I think Bruce Arians is back. I think he's back, and he would. He would try it with Kyle Trask and with whatever else they have. Yeah. Again, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think if he was not going to be back, he would have already said so. Uh, let's see. It's a great. It's a great what if right now, and we don't know the answers on who is the quarterback and who else comes back on this team this this team's got a lot of pieces in place still and still sign so there will be a lot of quarterbacks shuffling around the nfl in the next month there will be probably so. eight to ten there will probably be eight to ten quarterback moves in the next 30 days that will impact teams and it is not a great quarterback draft not right. a great quarterback draft and right. that's a that's another reason why you'll see the shuffling before the late april draft but right we will find out my friend on these great questions to get answered so I'm excited to see all of this for sure. Tell everybody one more time where they can find you. All over oh, the it's place. a myriad of places. Thank you for having me here again daily talking on the Bet US College Basketball Show. They need to use your promo code off this podcast, Powers22. Use the promo code. If you are looking to wager on March Madness, they've got a bonus going right now with that promo code where your initial deposit is matched up to 125%. You put 100 bucks in, you get 125 back. You put 200 in, you get 250 back to gamble with. If you want on the March Madness stuff, on, on all your plays, on all your upsets. So use that promo code. I'm doing a daily show with them Monday through Friday, one Eastern time, tons of college basketball. BetUS.tv is the easiest way to find it in all of their social media channels. BetUS website, BetUS.tv as well. So thank you for that. And College Basketball Coast to Coast is the podcast and the live tune in channel separate from the BetUS gambling angles. Tons of college basketball coming in March, including Jason Powers involved with that. I've got coaches, former coaches, analysts, all kinds of people. We talk nonstop college basketball all the way through the NCAA tournament and the Final Four in New Orleans on that channel. College basketball coast to coast, wherever you get podcasts and on TuneIn, search college basketball coast to coast. The channel's right there. Streaming on TuneIn 24 hours a day for free. TJ, cannot wait. He doesn't want to tell you, but TJ will have a show Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend of March Madness. 
Unbelievable. All four days, I'll and I'm looking forward to having you help me with that as well. I'm going to need some help. It's going to be a labor of love. <laughs> but again, the madness is back, and the SEC basketball tournament is coming yes. to our market, to the Tampa Bay market and the Amelie Arena. So I'm anxious for all of this, my friend. It's going to be exciting. TJ Reeves, thank you. Don't be getting back on that PK uh, that PK fasting, please. <laughs> Enjoy your spring break. Chick you got spring break plans. Chick-fil-A drive-through might be in my future, might or might not be in my future. Just <laughs> saying here on the Powers on Sports Podcast, free plug for them. There you go. All right, sir. Be good. We'll talk to March. We'll talk to you here real soon. I know. And tell the twins and the misses we said hello. <laughs> We're going to be basketball widows coming up with the college basketball. Always great to be on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thank you, brother. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.